There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Chris Evans here and welcome to the best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. What a week. I mean, seriously, it's, it's been unbearable for all the right reasons. We just thought we'd explode with joy many, many times this week. Coming up, sensationally spooky illusionist Darren Brown has us hypnotised with the details of his new live show, Showman. Hot off his latest victory, boxing icon Tyson Fury literally stopped the show. Everybody in the building came up to the 17th floor to listen to what he had to say and then witness him spontaneously explode into uh, Sweet Caroline, uh, singing along with himself and absolutely crushing, um, shredding Adele and Ed Sheeran, is what he did. And he was on to talk about Gloves Off, his new book, which is just uh, an amazing read. The super talented Tom Fletcher gets us all excited about Space Band, his new children's book and album, as well as the next instalment of his Christmas classic, The Christmasaurus and the Naughty List. And hilarious duo Sheridan Smith and Pauline McLean spill the beans on their new series. Rosie Malloy gives up everything. All of that and so much more to come. Vassos, kick things off. Who's first? He's been bending your mind for as long as your mind cares to remember. And now he's coming to do it to you in person. His new show, Showman, comes to London's Apollo Theatre for three months from Friday. So please welcome the charming trickster we all know and love and are ever so slightly scared of. It's Darren Brown. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Darren. How are you? I'm very good. You have the loveliest studio. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why? I can't imagine. <laughs> There's a reason. Uh, so we have a lovely studio anyway, yes. where it is. It's gorgeous, yeah. isn't it? By the way, yes. welcome, welcome. Really, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having me. me. This is really um, lovely. And it's very Christmas up anyhow. But yesterday we did this charity lunch and uh, we, we went to James Blunt's Fox and Pheasant Pub in Chelsea. I don't know if you've been. I have been and it's How so great terrific, is that pub? that's all right It's the say, best yes. pub. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. And James hosted us and these people paid all this money. Um, and I was there. My wife was there. Tom Walker, the great singer, was there as well. Uh-huh. James hosted. He was at the table, gave it all the beans. Couldn't, oh, have wow. been, couldn't have been funnier, full of, full of repartee and stories. He was brilliant, you know? Oh. His staff were amazing. And then it just so happened that this morning we're having their Christmas party upstairs with Phil and Holly and Alison Hammond. And uh, and so so our lunches crashed into each other, right? You are so blessed. So why is the studio like this? Because they've now invited us on for a bit of post-Christmas lunch bants live on this morning at 9.57 today. So we've judged the studio up because that's what happens. Well, goodness me. <laughs> Well, thanks for having me in well, the middle of all that. Well, you're very... No, thanks for coming, man. So, here we go for tickets. DarrenBrown.co.uk. This is a residency. We love a residency, don't mm. we? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm start, about to start at the Apollo on Shaftesbury Avenue. This is my new show, Showman. I've been touring it for ten months, uh, which is a dream. And, yeah, now it's all starting off here, which is it's so exciting. So, it definitely works. It definitely works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's you, nice having ten months to yeah. just run it in. Because you can sure. rehearse it and then you can road test it for real on the road around yeah. the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, which bit's didn't work ah, at, at first. Well, we sort of, actually, it's unusual because we had one silver lining to the whole lockdown thing was that we had a couple of years to keep working on the show. So actually it started off in um, much better form than it normally would. Normally oh, right. the first, because with my shows I can't, there's only so much I can rehearse without an audience. Um, so often they start off and you, you know, you're finding your feet in the first week or so. But this was, it's just been a really dreamy, 
thing. Reviews have been off the chart, um, which which is lovely. It's a very it's a very personal show, so it's nice to have it. Well received, if that's all right to say. Of course but, it uh, is. Is that all right to say? Yeah, stop apologising for being brilliant. It's fine. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. Not apologise, <laughs> just for being brilliant. Well, and I'm not. So as a flow, as a story, because, yeah. you know, all great shows have a story, all great theme parks have a story, like, you know, each day of our, each moment of our lives has a story. How, how, do, you, how do you gauge that? How do you calibrate that? Well, I, I've always tried to make shows that are kind of... Um, about more than just you know what I do, so uh, it's 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 a as a it's a personal show. It's a real heart to it. And I suppose that the the idea behind it, the heart of it, is that the when things in life are difficult and we tend to feel most sort of lonely or isolated, they're actually the very things that bring us together. They tend to be the things that we share. And weirdly, that was that was the idea of the show before lockdown struck. You know, it was all it was all going to go on the road the the week of the first lockdown. So the show was written. It was about that. How the things in life that isolate us are the very things that connect us. Um, and then that happened. Uh, so it's sort of about that. It's uh, it's it's a it's gives you all the feels, as I think the young people like to say. All the feels. All the feels. So that means very... you're slaying it as well. Yeah, I am. I, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah I don't I'm know what it means it. either. But if you get if you get all the feels, you have to be slaying it. It's definitely a feely kind of show. Yeah, it's a, it's a lovely thing. I'm, I'm, it's a it's a real joy. This one. And so is it like a firework display? You know, do, do you start off with a few sparklers and then a few uh, knickknacks and rip wraps, and then you have to have the big bombs at the end? Is that how this works? There's a little bit of that. Like every, I think this is the t- uh, 10th or 11th show that I've done. It's also the first new show that I've done for like six years because I've been off, obviously, apart from COVID and so on. I was then doing Broadway before that. So it's been a while since I've done a brand new show here. Um, and it, yeah, the, 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 the getting the ending, I think, is always the big, the big thing, the big bangs at the end. That's always been the kind of, uh, the, cha- the big challenge of each new show is how do you... The ta how, yeah, how do you finish? Like, you know, because I always try and give people more than they expect. That's a big thing, you know, sort of over-deliver. But that's, that is the fun of it. We have a, a couple of months of writing it and then a couple of months of getting it up on its uh, feet. Um, and when it works, it's it's sort of such a great feeling at the start. And this one, yeah, this one really, really does. And even within a show that clearly works and you're confident enough to bring it to the to the West End for um, a residency and it's been on the road and it's had all these sparkly reviews, sparkling and well deserved completely justified reviews can you still get it wrong within that is that is that allowed yeah totally yeah well, and it, encouraged it, i would imagine well i do i find if everything goes right i i'll slip in a thing that goes wrong on put i'll mess something up because it's a bit like you know a juggler dropping a ball every now and, and then, then. Picking up with his foot and all that you got yeah stuff. you just you just have to otherwise it all looks too easy um so i do check with every show that i've we're dropped, like the opposite aren't we? at least one ball once a show something goes right mm on our show, well, if, we're, if we're lucky, once a week, yeah, definitely once. Look, definitely, it's happened once. Yeah, yeah. Usually, some, some, usually Fridays. Yeah, usually yeah. Fridays. <laughs> All over the place this morning. This morning. Human. This morning. This morning. How many times have you been on this morning? This morning. This morning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't do. But, I don't do much of that. A couple of times. Maybe. So you've been. So you have been on this morning. Any tips? So because yeah. we're only on for three minutes, but we'll we'll take what we can get. Nine fifty-seven. We're on. Silly voices. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Oh, can I say something? Because I always forget so to say this. Um, if so anyone's funny. coming to see the show, could they please bring with them an object that has sentimental value? Um, <laughs> sure. Something you could hold in your hands, so nothing. Something yeah. you could hide in your hands. But yeah, an object of sentimental value. Obviously, look after it. But um, this is important if you're coming to see Showman. Uh, Showman live in the West End begins this Friday, 9th of December, until Saturday, the 18th of March, 2023. It's a good show. It works because it's been road tested for 10 months <laughs> at London's Apollo Theatre, and that's the one in Shaftesbury Avenue, not the one at Hammersmith towards Hammersmith Roundabout. Uh, although there's some good stuff on there as well. But Terrific. Buy tickets for this one first, <laughs> and then check out um, whoever's playing there. Uh, book tickets via DarrenBrown.co.uk. Darren, thanks so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You're lovely very to see welcome. You nice to see you. Thanks for um, coming to visit us here at the top in of the town. studio. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. What's better than an award-winning actor here to tell us about a brilliant new comedy... Two award-winning actors here to tell us about a brilliant new comedy being called a modern Bridget Jones. Rosie Malloy gives up everything, hits Sky Comedy tomorrow, although by episode two she's only really given up kumquats. Please welcome Sheridan Smith and Pauline McLean. Good morning, ladies. Here, finally. Good morning. Welcome Sorry, we're to... late. All right, whose fault was it? Come on. Did we blame London? No, London. London's fault again, that pesky London out there that's been around for millennia. Um, so, Sheridan, who do you play? What does she get up to? I play Rosie Malloy. She's addicted to everything. And, um, yeah, it's pretty much what the title says. She, she Rosie Malloy tries to give up everything. Um, so, yeah, but it's good fun. It's uh, wild, crazy. It's brave and it's honest and it's candid. And Thank it's, it's traumatic. You do get it to is. see the meltdown every episode. You, you know, it's not one of those ones where they talk about you remember the time which oh no you see it it's like <laughs> laughing at a funeral it's very very funny yeah you see the dts you see the cts the cold turkeys going oh, on as well yes. so pauline who do you play i am the mammy i am rosie's uh, rosie malloy's mother um a northern irish lady who just like the rest of the family is a little off kilter um you know they are totally recognizable but you find out why they're as odd as they are all the way through the series and it makes makes sense that rosie is the very happy mess that she is. Yeah, and the thing about the thing about uh, comedy based around addiction, you know, uh, and and equally as brave uh, topics is that you know the the more profound the situation, the the stronger the comedy can be because you do need at times like it's gallows humour, isn't it? You yeah. do need nurses will testify to this the whole time. So um, Sheridan, your character, um, how long has she been addicted to things? We we find out why. Uh, yeah. because she has some childhood trauma. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you want, I don't know how much you want to talk about and give away. Yeah, I don't want to give away too sort of, much. But we've, got, we've got to say something. I yeah, suppose. yeah, yeah. Basically, well, I. By right. the way, we've all watched it. We all love it. Oh, do you? No, we know. We, we, we really, oh, really? really love. Yeah, because it because it because it's a punchy thing to base a sitcom around. Oh, that's but, amazing. But it's Thank happening you. all the time, every day, more and more, and people don't want to talk about it. Uh, yeah. But nobody knows why they don't want to talk about it because if you talk about it, there's a chance it could get better. No, you're absolutely right. It's such a taboo subject. So, and I think everyone that will watch it will either know a Rosie or be like Rosie. And so I just really, I really hope it hits home. And yeah, it is hilarious at moments. And then there's loads of moving moments. And um, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but I just hope people tune in and watch it. It's very close to my heart as well. Cause so she's a sibling. So tell us about her sibling. So, yeah, she has a, a, a brother. She has another brother who passed. Um, and she goes to her... It starts off with her going to her brother's wedding, uh, which is going to be a sober event, <laughs> which doesn't end well. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of chaotic. 
mm. isn't it? Um, it is, and it's just so recognisable. I, I think mean, so, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's punchy, it's true to life and Susan Nixon has written a very, very funny comedy. I mean, you you know, I've been in lots of ones that weren't funny. And this one genuinely is. So <laughs> Which now is funny in itself. to sit here and tell you. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely brilliant to be able to recommend, yeah. you know, check, check it out on Sky Comedy because it is just, you will laugh and you will also go, oh, yeah. I know that. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I've been there. It's got great heart, hasn't it? A lot of heart. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and well, hopefully also, people understand it. Doesn't it doesn't hang around either. Do you know what I mean? No. It doesn't. It gets on with great. it. It gets yeah. on. It's not. It's not. Too, you know, too brief for its own good. But it just gets some. Some. Some yeah. stuff hangs around because well, you know people try too hard, don't they, to push home a message? There's no message here except have a look, have a laugh. If you recognise something great, we're, we're not out to change anybody's life except to make the day a happier place. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you tune in on Sky Comedy to it, we're starting on uh, tomorrow evening, tomorrow. 10 o'clock. You can actually binge the whole lot if You're you want. You're very on message, aren't you? <laughs> She's <laughs> good, great. isn't she? I want people to know that if they don't, they can watch all She's, six episodes. You're like the opposite of Sheridan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ramble. Yeah but, yeah, but you're all the fun of the fair. I love you. We have haven't seen um, the final episode, um, but will there be a series too? What happened? What the Dickens happens? What the Dickens? What the devil goes on? What's going down, ladies? Jeez, two people die. Can we have a series too? <gasps> I wonder. I don't know. I guess we'll see out. how people. You know, hopefully people enjoy the first series and then right. we'll make some more. What else yeah. is going on? Come on, not that it has to be anything going on. If that can be <laughs> annoying. People say to me, I say, they say, what are you doing? I say, I'm on veg ready every day. What else are you doing? I say, I'm leave the house at four o'clock. Get back at one p.m. in the afternoon. What do you mean? What am I just so, what, what else? I do, nothing except going bar humbug about Christmas. Sorry. Oh, oh I love Christmas. Um, I think I've got Gangster Granny coming out. This thing with David Come Walliams on. and something maybe next year in the theatre. But in that's the theater. Theater. In the theater. there's never a maybe when you're involved. <laughs> oh, Christmas! No, people, when people back you for a theatrical role, that's done and dusted, and bums are on seats, aren't they? Oh, I, I bum love Chris Evans. Well, He's the best. Well, you finally work. got here. I don't I know. know who's I'm so sorry. They're still blaming London. But that's all right. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> we love London. London. We love you in this show as well, so right. I'm sorry we were late. No, don't worry. Rosie Malloy gives up everything available from tomorrow, 7th of December. Very brave, uh, fearless comedy uh, on Sky Comedy and Now TV. That's it. We've got to go. Thanks um, for having us. Thanks for yes. coming in. Fabulous thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks, Bassos. Thank you, Chris. You know what I'm doing now, Sheridan? What? Pauline, I'm going to go and drink for charity. Yay! Somebody's got to do it. Those lovely people behind you have bid all this money to go to James Blunt's pub for lunch. So so James is going to host us. (gasps) Tom Walker's going to host us as well. And and it's our job to drink to help people have a better life. Nice. That that sounds amazing. Somebody's got to do it. And I've drawn the short straw this this time around. What can you? (laughs) Goodbye! (laughs) Come here to see a show. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Vassus, over to you. He's the biggest, best, baddest boxer on the planet and he sings a mean, sweet <laughs> Caroline. From fresh from his latest win in the ring, his latest book, Gloves Off, is equally knockout and out now. So please welcome a man who may keep talking about retiring, but he's definitely not shy. It's Tyson Fury. All right, Tyson. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Virgin Radio. Brilliant Christmas sweater. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll have to get you one. What size is that? This is a triple XL. (laughs) 
There's plenty of room in it for plenty of uh, turkey sandwiches. That is massive. Um, what a book, man. What a book. Thank you. It, it was painful reading this book, you know, for, for lots of reasons emotionally, but also when you describe what it's like to be in the ring from the point of view, you know, of an elite boxer, it hurts, doesn't it, Tyson? It does, you know. There's a lot of... Um... A lot of stuff that goes on mentally and physically as a fighter. And it's something that you get used to over the years of practice, practice, practice. Yeah. For somebody random to come off the street and then try and get punched in the face, it's a whole different new level of... Um, it's totally different, you know. If you punch me in the face today, then I'll be able to take it and maybe not have s severe lasting damage. But if I punch a random person in the face... Yeah. Then, then they don't know how it, how to take that punch, so it can be very, very difficult. Yeah, and you know you've got to be so careful. Of course, you have, especially in your sport. You know, probably above all other sports. And Vassas was saying earlier on that lots of sport nowadays is a metaphor for the gladiatorial times of the past. But this is still very much that, isn't it? It is. You've got two two guys in there, um, and they're really trying to beat each other up. Especially the heavyweight division, it's um, it can be ended with one single blow. Yeah, yeah. Which has happened many, many times in the past. And you've got to be so careful. Is it the prayer? You talk about a prayer in the book, which is a beautiful prayer that you say for both fighters before you go yeah. in the ring. Is it always the same prayer? Always the same prayer. Varied, really, but Can you similar. give us a version of it, please, if you don't yeah, mind? Yeah, I, I always say, like, just let us all do our best performances. Let both men give it his best performance and let both men get out of the ring and go back to his family in one piece. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a sport, first and foremost, but it's a brutal sport and it's unforgiving. And we've had a few um, casualties over the years and I always I always hope that it's not going to happen with one of my fights. Yeah, um, the book is brilliant. It really is brilliant. It's called Gloves Off by Tyson Fury. It's his third book. You know, and in that, with that in mind, uh, protection for the future goes with the longevity of one's career and when to decide to call it a day. And you're still in that window, aren't you? That sort of career dilemma window. Of course, you fought just a few days ago, most recently. How are, where are your thoughts right now sitting here in front of me today? Right now, I'm focused on my next fight, which is going to be around about February, March, and that's going to be for the undisputed world heavyweight title. Um, so we're still working on that. But after that, you know, it's like, how long is a piece of string? How long does it go on for? How many more fights? I've retired more times than I, I, I can bear to remember. And you're not doing that to wind us up. That's because you genuinely thought it at the time. I don't, definitely thought like, April this year that I would retire for good, but I wasn't ready. I didn't. I retired for a few months and I was very down. I went back to depression. Um, and I thought, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this right now. And I know sooner or later I'm going to have to deal with it yeah. and get through it. But what I'm going to do when I retire next time is I'm going to have a full-time job to go into rather than just moping around thinking yeah. I used to be a, a boxer. Because time is the thing, isn't it? It is. You've got, you got to fill it. You can't kill it. You can't fill That's right. You've tried um, killing time. It doesn't work, does it? It Tyson? doesn't work. I've got to keep a nice routine and, and got to get up in the morning for a purpose. Yeah. Um, fascinating, fascinating book, fascinating journey. You say in the introduction, you say, you know, uh, m most autobiographies start at the beginning. We're, we're going to start at the end or, you know, what it, uh, pr the present moment and we'll go back to the beginning. Uh, I'll do that in reverse if you don't mind. Um, so your dad was a fighter and yeah. you said, you know, Dad, can I fight? And he said, well, let's have a look. Uh, just tell us about that, please. Yeah, a, a long time ago, I think it was around about 14 years old, um, my dad was always, he was saying like, oh, I don't get into boxing. He was a boxer. He's like, he didn't want us to box. He's like, I'll oh, do something else with your life. And he was like, well, I really want to box. So 
let's have a little spar and see if I'm any good. My dad had about 14 pro fights. Um, so, yeah, he said, right, get in the garage. So we had a little spar round. Um, and I ended up hitting him with a, with a body punch to see if he... See if I could have any power. And I ended up breaking three of his ribs at 14 years old. Um, so, yeah, he said, yeah, you can fight. You'll be okay. Did he take the gloves off literally and give them to you and say, okay, over to you now? Was it was it that simple? It wasn't sort of like that. It wasn't like a passing of the mantle or anything, right. but it was just like, it was sort of like a stamp of approval okay. where, okay, you can take care of yourself, go do it. Right, so you get the green light from Dad. Yeah. What do you do next? I just followed, followed the stream from being a little kid like five, six years old, I wanted to be world heavyweight champion. Um, and along the way, there's been so many people tell me that it wasn't possible or I wouldn't be able to do it and the odds are stacked and, you know, all the cliche of what dream killers say. Um, but I just ignored it and I just kept kept working hard and, and I was very motivated to be the best that I could be. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. I was the first person in the gym, the last person to leave. I used to work on stuff daily, the same stuff that I already know, going back to basics day in, day out, year in, year out. And I had, um, I've been in this game now over 20 years. And you, you talk about the, the gym regime, it hasn't changed at all. It's a simple three-point approach, isn't it? Yeah, and the people have tried to get more scientific on you, and it hasn't worked. So, so what did they try and get you to do, and what do you do? Yeah, I think like you said a little bit earlier about this being a gladiatorial um, sport, it's more like a dinosaur sport. This boxing, because I feel like it's the only sport that's not really evolved over the last hundred years. Right. Men are still trying to punch to live in daylights out of each other by any means necessary. So you can take all your computer screens and all your numbers on it and whatever, and your your journals and write stuff down and whatever. But I think it doesn't really matter because Mike Tyson once famously said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face yeah. and it's so true so true you can have the best game plan in the world come out take one punch in the face it's like ah yeah. I've got to get you back it's, so it's all out the window isn't it because it's like you talk about stats and about about science you know often it involves obviously racing against competitors or or competing against other people but not suffering from what they're doing to you they can beat you by being better than you or you can beat them by being cleverer than you but they what they just do, doesn't physically affect you and that's the difference with boxing and that's why science doesn't work maybe because there's so much variety and spontaneity that can happen within a fight between the ears between the gloves between yeah, the corners for sure you know i think it's one of the only sports where the biggest, fittest, strongest, most powerfulest guy, yeah. one who's done the most work on the night, on the night doesn't matter at all because anybody can win. If I do a six-month training camp and someone does a three-day one, if he hits me in the right place, it's done. Yeah. It does not matter. In this sport, it's like I say, one of the only sports in the world where nothing really matters. It's only about on the night. You know, the best training team in the world. You could do anything and then pop a knee out, pop a leg out, get knocked out in one round. Yeah. All the work's down the toilet. Yeah. So it's very, very unpredictable, the boxing game. Very unpredictable. The, the first third of the book is about, um, is a story of three fights, Deontay Wilder, isn't it? Yeah. Um, j just, can you just give us the highlights? Just sell that sort of trilogy of fights to people listening because we could go into each one individually, but it'll take too long. Um, it, it's been an interesting journey, that, hasn't it? It was, it was. Um, me being a boxing fan, I, I'd definitely say it's one of the greatest heavyweight trilogies in the history of our sport. It's um, a real-life Rocky 1, 2 and 3. A proper it? one because the first fight we had back in 2018, uh, Deontay was like making eight, seven or eight defences of his title and I was making a comeback I'd been out the ring three years um, abusing myself and, and suffering from mental health and 
lost 10 stone in weight loss and stuff like that and I was coming back um, so if ever there was a point where he maybe should have beaten me it would have been in December 2018 I went over to Los Angeles the, the stadium was set everything was ready and we put on a great fight and I ended up getting knocked down in round 12 heavily and everyone thought it was over and I made that um, Phoenix rising from the ashes moment where I got up like The Undertaker in round 12 and, and fought on and on and on. And we ended up getting a draw. But I think the draw was probably the best thing that could have happened at the time because it made it so much more popular. The rematch was then called for in demand and a couple of fights later, we had this big rematch of the two undefeated champions, and the the current WBC champion versus the, the, the reigning lineal heavyweight champion, both undefeated, both in their prime. American versus a Brit. It was a massive, massive heavyweight contest in Las Vegas. Um, and Deontay was on real form. He'd had two more knockout wins in a row. And I had a massive cut in my fight before. So it looked like on paper Wilder maybe should have won the fight. But I go in there and, and, and box his head off and end up knocking him out in seven rounds to become a two-time world heavyweight champion when nobody thought it would be possible at all. It was against all odds for me to ever come back. And I, at the time, myself, like, before I made the comeback, I was thinking, like, I'd just be happy to be well again. Never mind box or be professional or anything again. I just wanted to get well again. So only a few years later to be back on top as a two-time world heavyweight champion, it was an amazing, amazing story. And then... I was ready to move on after two fights with Wilder. Wilder ended up taking me to court, suing me, and he won a court case to get a third fight. And we had to throw down again, third time. Had a lot of complications going into the the third fight training camp and, and fight. Um, we ended up having another amazing fight in... Both of us were knocked down. He got knocked down three times. I got knocked down twice. It was a real war of attrition. And we knocked a lot of lumps out of each other and probably knocked a lot of years off each other's lives as well. Um, and it was, one of the, it was one of the top, top, top heavyweight battles in years. So you talk about love and you talk about loss in equal measures. It's very candid, this. You know, literally, forgive the pun, but you don't pull any punches. You, you tell it like it is. Uh, you give the mum the privacy and the respect. Your mum the privacy and respect she deserves. You talk about your dad. You talk about your siblings, um, the ones you knew, the ones you found out about. You talk about your children and you talk about loss, um, you know, as a parent, which is so... so... Uh, so touching and um, and then you talk about Paris yeah speak about Paris Paris is my uh, my wife we've been married 14 years this year just at our anniversary um, we have six kids and we've had a, quite a few miscarriages as well we would have had about 10 I think by now um, we've had quite a bit of um, trauma with the, with the kids and stuff and like I say going into that Deontay Wilder third fight we had problems with the we had a little bo uh, daughter born, Athena, and she was very, very ill. She had heart conditions, and it was uh, very, very terrible for as a parent to have to go through that. And yeah. there was there was times where we lost her. She was she actually died, and they brought her back to life, and she pulled through. Um, and now she's a perfectly bouncy, healthy, beautiful little girl and special child. Obviously, she's she's got a special part of of the fighter in me and I thought to myself if this little baby this brand new little baby can have all this trauma then I can go over and beat Deontay Wilder on four weeks notice it's mad isn't it I only had four weeks training for that fight the biggest yeah. fight in my life I trained for four weeks the, the week before that I was in the hospital in Alderay Hospital in Liverpool laying on the hospital floor with a, a, a child don't know if it's coming or going 
So it was it was a tough time. What about all the Hay Hospital? What about children's hospitals? Come on, unbelievable! You know um, the support we had there at uh, at Alderay and Ronald McDonald House, the ho- the hotel that's next door to the hospital where the parents can stay there. Um, they do a fantastic job. These these hospitals are all underpaid and overworked, and and I for one would be uh, voting for a pay rise for them. You know they do a fantastic job and they do it day in day out, day in day out. So off to them special uh, amazing uh, people amazing <laughs> happy christmas tyson fury happy christmas to everybody and thanks for listening all good, right. good luck and god bless everybody gloves off fury the autobiography is out now the best of the chris evans breakfast show with sky virgin radio he knows how to fill a dance floor thrill on a dance floor and he knows his way around a story just as well as a samba his new kids book space band and accompanying album space band the album are both out now so please welcome a man who can mcfly me to the moon anytime he likes oh, it's good. tom fletcher very good hello tom good morning how are you I'm great. You from, are great. Yeah, I'm great. Feel, feel great. Thank you for having me on. You're, you're welcome. So um, this new book, which we haven't reviewed, we've reviewed the wrong book. Have you yes, heard about we have. this? Well, there are a lot of books, so yes, I, many, I, I many don't blame books. you. We could talk about all the books. Uh, Tom Fletcher's Space Band. The Out of This World, new adventure from the number one bestseller, Tom Fletcher. Can the worst band in the world become the best band in the universe? I am told that this combines two of your uh, biggest loves, apart from your family, of course, uh, music and space. How much are you into space, first of all? Oh, I love space. I went to space camp when I was a kid. Did you? Yeah, it was incredible. I, well, I, you know, I was born in 85, so I grew up, you know, on the back of, the, you know, the brilliant sci-fi movies of, like, the 80s and the early 90s. So, I lo- you know, the band is called McFly because of Back to the Future, and I love Star Wars and... Um, so yeah, I loved space and science fiction. So and I, but since starting to write kids books, I knew I wanted to write about a band. So I was like, well, maybe I should just do both in one. Yeah, well, see now, um, you've you've drawn clearly from the life of McFly, yeah, haven't yes. you? Because every band starts not necessarily as the worst band in the world, but as an unheard of band in the world. You know, maybe uh, you know as bad as they're going to be to as good as they're going to get. So you have some previous here. Yeah, well, you saw us right at the beginning when we were probably the worst band in the no, world. you really weren't, by the way. <laughs> I loved you straight off the bat. Oh, well, thank you very much. No, yeah, it was great. It's been really fun actually writing about something I know about. You know, and, and you know, so the kid in the book, he wants to be in a band and being a musician. And the book is essentially his lyric book. So he's trying to learn how to write songs. And his idol writes all of his experiences down for inspiration for, song, uh, for songs. So you're reading this kid writing down all of his experiences uh, for songwriting inspiration. So it's been really, and I was that kid. So it's been, it's the first time I've been able to write about you know, my you own were. life. You still are. I still am. Aren't that you? Kid, yeah. That's the thing. George Rackett. That's right, yeah, George Okay, Rackett. tell us about his mates. So there's George, Bash and Neela. So they're the band and uh, they, you know, they're not brilliant at the beginning, um, <laughs> but they uh, they give it a good go and they get beamed up into space and find themselves <laughs> uh, entered into an intergalactic battle of the bands uh, and having to try to save the planet. <laughs> why not? Yeah, why, why not? Why not do it, man? <laughs> a bigger magnifying glass, more spotlights and not here on Earth, in the universe. Is that sometimes how it feels? It is a bit, yeah, it is it kind is. of out in this world, you know, being on stage. It's, um, yeah, it is, um, yeah, it's amazing, you know. And it's been really fun being able to write about 
um, you know, the bits of being in a band that you only know about if you're in a band. Like, you know, the best thing about being on tour, a lot of people think, would be being on stage and playing shows, which is amazing. But really, it's the food and the catering backstage. And being able to write, like, little kind of bits like that in um, is, has been really fun. And you can almost eat as much as you want because you're working out so much Because you burn it off you know? on stage, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to everybody else who's around. Because I've been on, you know, quite a few film sets, been backstage a lot at various festivals. You know, and all you can smell is gorgeous food all the time, which is fine if you're moving mm-hmm. at some point in the day. But if you're not, sometimes you can convince you yourself that you are, and that's where the that's where the issue is. Yeah, right. Although you have to time it right if you're going on stage. Of course you do. Because the worst thing is, you know, indulging in all of those things that are there Beforehand. and then stepping on stage and jumping around. I had a mate who's really, really, really well known. In fact, I'll tell you his name. He used to love a full Sunday roast 15 minutes before he did a live show, oh, which man. I've never understood. I mean, there's plenty of him. Of course there is. But I've, I've never got that. We, often with apple pie and custard to, to follow. And then he'd go, all right, we're ready. We're, we're ready. Come on, let's do, let's do this now. Let's do this now, darling. Um, so for a battle of the bands, even intergalactically, you need band, other bands to battle against. Yes. Actually, this was really fun because my, my little boys, they have a band of their own. So I've got three little boys who are eight, six and four. And uh, so they have a band called Buxy. And so when I was writing all of the bands from different planets, I, I made Buxy uh, one of the bands. Um, and uh, actually, I, I really annoyed them because they get knocked out of the competition. Little spoiler alert, they get knocked out of the competition quite early. And my kids were not happy about that. I bet they yeah. weren't. OK, so Buxy, wow. And I, I presume, I, I sense they're quite accomplished even at such a tender age as a band. They, do you know what? Yeah, they're pretty good. It's scary. It's annoying. Eight, and four, and what? Eight, eight, six, and eight, four. Eight, six, and four. Okay, that's Yeah, right. but that's they came on stage at one of the McFly gigs last year. Yeah. About 10 minutes before we went on, they were like, we're going on stage, Dad. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't know if you, you are. And they were like, no, we are. We're going on stage. We're going to play We Will Rock You. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, you know, like, you know, the crew go on first and they do a little line check and make sure all the stuff works. I was like, is it okay if they go on and just check the mics? And they were like, okay. And I thought the kids would back out because it was like 15,000 people. No chance. And um, they literally just walked out on stage <laughs> and the mics weren't on because I thought they're just going to test it. They'll stand there and then they'll come off. And my son, my eldest, Buzz, just tapped the mic and he was going, it's not on. The mic's not on. So he stood there and waited for them to turn the mic on. And then he gave my other son, Buddy, a thumbs up. And my uh, and he's like going, dum, dum, Doom, doom, and they played We're a Rocky. I was like, <laughs> how are we going to follow this? They literally just completely stole the show. Damn those kids. Uh, yeah. Harry's son plays the drums, doesn't he? He is. He's great. Yeah, Kit. He's a great drummer. He's a drum kit. Yeah. He's brilliant. <laughs> he yeah. They, they keep talking about forming a band. So, yeah, we um we need to keep practicing because they're going to take over. You can over. have a battle of the bands with your own kids. I know. Yeah, they would win. They would 100% no, no, but win. They, but each of oh, your between kids, them? Yeah. No, no, we should not start interband kid competitions. Why not? <laughs> Come on, Tom. Uh, we're bringing back 500 words next uh, year with the Queen now as the head judge because she used to be the um, Duchess of Cornwall. But she's our head judge. Would you like to get involved with that? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, that's a done deal if you like. Go. I love that you always ask me stuff on air. That, uh, you know, so I, I would do it, of course. No, anyway, so you don't yeah. have to, by the way. No, I just thought you might like it. <laughs> I would absolutely, and no, I would love to be involved. All right. And Space Band also have an album. Yeah, this is a really fun bit of it. And it's Harry, our drummer, he's kind of responsible for that because I'd written songs as I was writing the book, not really planning to record them because I just didn't think we'd have time. And we were on tour in Brazil and the guys were asked, they asked me what the book was about and I explained it to them and, and Harry was like, well, you're going to record those songs, right? And I was like, well, we're on tour. I don't really know if we've got time. And he was like, right, when we get back, we'll clear the diary, we'll give ourselves a week and we'll record it with you. And so Danny produced it 
and we all recorded the songs. So love it. Thanks to them. Yeah. So there's as you go through the book, you can scan the codes and the songs will then play. It's so complete. Yeah. I mean, that's a thrill, isn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was really fun. Actually, because the book is, you know, two of my worlds colliding, it's writing books, but it's about a band. It was actually genuinely really special being able to have my band be part of that and record an album for it. It's, um, that but was Tom, really what a laugh. I mean, you know, what a great exemplar you are for, you know, a work ethic, um, falling in love with the process. You know, first of all, choose the process that you love so you can then carry on loving it. That's really important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Although, do you know, I'm, I, I don't really care. Like, I wouldn't... I love doing all of those things and I always feel like I don't really know how to do any of them. I just enjoy it, so I give it a good go. I don't, you know, I just started writing books not really knowing how to do it yeah. and find, found my way through it. The same with music. Um, so I, I just have a love of stories, I think. Well, you have a love of life, don't you? I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, that's, I do. That's yeah. what you do. You're a great band. Uh, you lovely people. I've known you forever. I hope I, that continues. Thanks, Tom Fletcher. Thank you so much. You have are... a Merry Christmas, yeah, everybody. Merry Christmas. With bells on. What the heck? The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. We've heard from a stocking full of incredible guests already with bells on. Still to come, fearless ocean colour scene frontman Simon Fowler moved us all to way beyond the realms of any useful mascara warning several times uh, as he sang to us and talked about his new book, One for the Road, and the rip-roaring Razorlight treat us to a chat about their brand new compilation album, Razor What? The Best of Razor Light. So let's get right back to it. Vassos, who's next? Obviously, we are impartial here on the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky, and as such, we love all semi-final Strictly celebrities exactly the same except we really want our next guest to win because she's our friend and she's ace. So please welcome the world beater, once of Blue Peter, always a joy to meet her, it's Helen Skelter. And Gorka Marquez. And Gorka Marquez. Her dancing partner. He Bonus didn't get Gorka. any of that intro. How does he feel about that? First of all, let's go live to Gorka. Gorka, how do you feel about not being mentioned in the intro? It's all right. It's all about her, and I'm very happy. If she's mentioned, means we're doing the job right, and we're still in the competition. Yeah, so. of course. Uh, both live on Zoom. Hello, Hells. Hello. You're right. Uh, very well. Um, how are you doing? Because the last time we talked, you were just you were yearning, you were you were you were praying to get to to Blackpool, and now here you are. You know, on the precipice of the final, my dear. I know, one more round and then it's the final. Yeah, I think Blackpool was a real moment for us. We kind of just had a really good time. We got really good scores. A lot of things clicked for me, didn't they? And then since then, I've just relaxed a lot more and enjoy it. I remember when we last saw you, you were like, well, you're about six on the leaderboard. And Gorka's face was like... I think that was the good confidence. I think that was the boost we needed. Like, we can do better than this. All right, Gorka, um, tell us about uh, the lovely Helen's uh, progression since we last chatted. You know, what, what has she got even better at than she was already? Do you know what? I think it's only one thing that changed, really, and is her self-belief and believe that, oh, you know what, I can do this. And if I go wrong, it's fine. I want to enjoy it. So since that click, I think, around Blackpool time, she's just going on Saturday day to perform. And every time that she goes in the floor, even if she thinks, oh, I'm, I might go wrong, she still enjoys it. And it's nothing better than enjoy something that you're doing because that will make you have a good time. So it's just that, I think, for me. Cool, well, she was already a good dancer. Yeah, but you're also you're you're a dude, man. I mean, you you teach from behind. That's a, a kind of Zen teaching. The, the way you go about your business, it's it's. I'm sure it's benefited her massively. So, Hells, um, you you are now. You know, you've been on on Strictly so many times now because of your run to the semi-finals. Is it like I'm not going to say it's second nature to you, but you do feel a lot more at home, I suppose, which can only help. 
definitely. And I think that's the atmosphere that everyone creates. And you've hit the nail on the head because like some days are stressful. And you know me, I'm quite a scatty person. <laughs> Apologise for the noise in the background. It's not our own. It's not my children or Gorka's children. We're in the hotel reception. There's kids it's running about. other children. <laughs> I'm like Alan Partridge at the minute. So, um, yeah, apologies for that. No, I think Gorka's just good at relaxing me. Like, you put a meditation app on one day and it's like, do this. I said, I've never meditated ever in my entire life. And everyone at Strictly is just really friendly and they make it a home from home. And, I mean, they do loads for you. So it's a really lovely atmosphere to be in. They make it very easy for you to have a good time. So you are at the pointy end of proceedings, though. Semi-finals. Did you, in your wildest dreams, think you'd get this far? Genuinely, I just think one week at a time, and I wanted to have yeah. a good run, and I wanted to get to Blackpool. But now we're this close to the final. It'd be a lie to say I wouldn't want to get there. Right. But um, every week I always go, let's not think about next week. Let's not think about next week. I did it for us. I did visualise her in the semi-finals. Yeah, you did. Okay, good. That's cool, Gorka. Um, what do you have in store for us this week? Um, what What is your strategy, Gorka, as the choreographer and the pro in your couple? Well, it's just to keep doing what we're doing. We have two completely different dances, you know, like the day and the night, different styles. We're going to bring different characters of Helen, different emotions, different personality. So I think it's a good mix, you know, to show something like very strong, powerful, and something more like soft, romantic, uh, effortless and like intimate. So I think it's a good combination. We just need to do what we've been doing the last week. Just go out there and have the best time together. Gorka, honestly, answer this honestly if you don't mind. I know you're a very honest and sincere human being, very authentic. Who do you fear the most? Who I fear? All of them, you know? No. I think the other, <laughs> the other four couples yes. have uh, very good dances and they're all very good. But you know what? For us, the only competition is ourselves. Oh, yeah, he's, and he's, good, isn't he? he's good. He's good. Should, be, go should be a politician. <laughs> <laughs> um, how is it? Because last That's last... not what you told me. You told me that we're really gunning for. I'm joking. No, I bet you've had private chats that you can't have on the radio. So last week it was Friday, and this week it's Sunday. This is the longest it's ever been between two live shows. Does that change things? Do you have a day off? Uh, what do you do about that? You know, it's like when you go skiing, do you have a, a middle rest day or what? Everybody goes, oh, you have an extra day for rehearsals. And I'm like, well, we don't because we've been the busiest ever. You know, when it gets to the semi-final and you have two dancers, you think, oh, I need a lot of time to rehearse. Mm -hmm. We have less time because there is more things around. So we have to juggle lots of things, you know, to make the best show. And also, he's been quite busy this week. So he's just finding time, to be honest. All right. Because fewer people in the competition, you've got more filming. And I'm laughing about you saying he's zen. He's not zen when there's a waltz today and a tango today when people are filming. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on, guys. Oh, hells. Uh, I'm so pleased for you. I'm so pleased for you. I, I continue to be a massive fan of, of the whole production at Strictly, the team. It's such a happy team, such a professional team. It's one of the best shows on television in the world. It's such a massive, epic extravaganza every week. They never phone in. They can't. They keep breaking uh, their own boundaries that they've set in years gone by. It's just a wonderful and joyous thing to behold uh, on telly. Where are you watching the football tomorrow, you two? Oof, good question. Probably in between here. rehearsals or in the hotel, we will be watching it. Right, mate. Okay. Um, Once in Spain, I will be watching in rehearsals because I will stop rehearsals to watch the football. But unfortunately, we eliminated. Yeah, I know. How did you feel about that, Gorka? Uh, not gonna lie, a bit. 
Yeah. And okay. my strong opinions about that. All right. Okay. And um, what do you think about who do you think is going to win, Gorka? Who do you think is going to win the football? What, about, what do you think well, about England France for a start? I think I think England France is going to be a great game, and I think England has a good team. But, but. I would love to, I would love to see a final with uh, Portugal and Argentina just to see one more time Messi and Ronaldo playing against each other. All right, mate. Okay. Helen, good luck. We'll all be watching. Thank you so much. Thank you for always being so kind to us. Okay, and if you're still in, uh, then we'll have you on next week. If you if you fancy, it's up to you. Oh, I love to. Thank you for the support, guys. Lots of love. You you're welcome. Helen Skelton and Gorka Marquez Strictly Come Dancing semi-finals move to Sunday this week because of the football. Uh, so the live semi-final on Sunday results show eight fifteen Monday BBC One. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Virgin Radio. So we got Bjorn, we got Carl, we got Johnny, we got Andy, we got Rennie. All right, back together. How's it feeling? How long has it been now? You came on the show to announce it. Here we are with Razor What, Greatest Hits, Extra Tracks, Tour, Added Dates, Bada Bada Bing, Bada Boom. Boom. <laughs> yeah, feels great, man. Yeah? Uh, yeah, Razor What, Greatest Hits. Yeah, amazing, man. Yeah, cool. here we are. Um, Andre there uh, behind the Razor Light Arms um, bass drum. Very nice. Very nice touch That's there. It? It's yeah. got their hometown on it. Literally Andre Really cool. Um, I've been reading about this new... Is it a documentary? What, what is it? What's going on? Yeah. They made a great documentary, but no one can watch it. Well, this is what I'm hearing, because yeah, I was trying to watch the, it last late, night. Uh, yeah. What happened? Oh, it's late... Uh, <laughs> ask, ask EMI. Don't get me started. Ask EMI. There's a song called EMI by the Sex Pistols. Just listen to that. Okay, all right. Well, Andy, t- tell us about it. It's Fall to Pieces, yeah? It's, yes. That's what it's called. That's right. We will get to watch it at some point. Yeah, hopefully. maybe next week. What I've heard is maybe next week, but I've been hearing that for about six months. Okay, so. okay. Well, you know, it can't come soon enough. So, dear Santa, is what we're saying, yes. yeah? Andy, what, what's it about? What's going on? Well, it follows it, it follows the, a bit of the history of the band, right. and, and then it sort of actually follows me down to the Basque country where Johnny lives, right? To go and see him for the very first time in twelve years. Our first meeting is on camera, so it's quite awkward. Right, because you were filming, but lovely. You were filming when you came to see us, presumably because that was part of the documentary. Do you remember yeah, when yeah, you came yeah. in? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was what was going on there. And now it all, it's all... It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. So you went down to the Basque Country. It was awkward. Of course it was. Yeah. Uh, well, trepidatious. Let's put, let's put it that way. Exactly. Um, you know, fragile, a fragile, potentially who knows what meeting. Yeah. It's all on the film. Um, you said that if you didn't get the band back together, you'd be thinking about it forever. Yes. Um, just take me through that a bit more please yeah definitely I think it was one of those things that I couldn't help but um, you know you, you can't do anything about your dreams and every so often a couple of times a week this scenario will pop into my head right for years and I knew that was going to go on which is fine they, weren't, they were always pretty cool dreams big audiences and stuff bigger than we ever played to you know they were quite fantastical dreams yeah, so yeah maybe yeah. I should have stayed there but <laughs> uh, <laughs> no I mean you know it was magic and I have to be honest it, it still feels surreal like when we came to see you on the radio for that lovely little therapy session we did with you which yeah, yeah. we should have filmed um, it was wonderful and, and to be here with these four and it's Carl's birthday today by the happy way happy birthday uh, man you know, it's amazing happy, happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday Carl um, and so how many months or years are we into the journey now? Because the, they say, don't they, uh, form, storm, reform and perform. So where are we? we, we we're nearly at perform. Yeah. Yeah, nearly at perform. So we do a storm? No, nah. no, you've done the, oh, you've, done the storm. Oh, you've done te- your tempest is right up, mate. Oh, right up and down. Excellent. No question about yeah, that. Yeah, and I believe you, actually. Okay. I've, 
Johnny, how does it feel for you this time? Is it any different? Is it the same? Is it a continuation? Are you back in the groove? I love it, man. Like, a band is a band. You know, I, it's just like, th this band should be, you know, should be these guys. And it's like, the, the sound of a band is the sound of the guys in it. So... It's just great. Yeah. And, and is, have the, has the Sanskara, you know, does it, does it help? Is it, are you more um, galvanised than you were before? Do you feel different as a unit? Yeah, I think so. I think we're all a bit more chilled. I think <laughs> we can hear each other better. You seem, you seem we've a lot more We've got really different ways of uh, communicating, everyone in this band. So, yeah. uh, you know. Okay, and the tour's selling really well. We've just announced five new dates. That's amazing. I mean, like, yeah, we're just, it's all, but the dates we put on sale basically sold out and they put some more ones on. And do you know that people are coming out to watch this band like that? Oh, we, we were all just like, wow, you know, so honored by that because, you know, we're doing shows as people who, like, you know, weren't born when, when we wrote the, yeah, the songs. Yeah, and spending their hard earned cash to come yeah, and see yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's the thing, know, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's insane. You know, you I, just, I didn't expect that. You know? And you can lose sight of that. It does happen. Um, yeah. For people who've never been involved in the business, they go, well, how could you? It's, it's easier than you think, isn't it, Andy? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but I think we are all in a state of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a wonderful thing to have put this on sale and, and know that there are people out there that want to yeah. come see us all this time after. It's so you're, you're surprised with loving gratitude is what you're Loving gratitude. <laughs> surprised. That's a great place to live, though, isn't it? I, I live there now and it's a, I, I want yeah. to live there all the time. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, who's who's the new uh, employee? Rennie Lane. Yeah. Uh, Rennie Lane on keyboard. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Rennie, um, Rennie's just the business. She's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's the best. Where would you come from? What's going on with you? I'm from America. Oh, let's, can we put the microphone on? Is that all right? Cheers. Well. Oh, hello, hello. I'm from America. I'm American. Okay. So I'm like the Billy Preston of the band. I'm, oh, I like know. that. By the way, not a, not a terrible comparison. <laughs> okay, Billy Preston. That is so super cool. Uh, how many Beatles tracks did Billy Preston play on? Oh, I don't know. Many, many. Many. Many, many. How are you finding it? Oh, I love it. I've been playing in the band for about four years now. So okay. I, I kind of got to see the whole process happened with them getting together, which was really oh, a privilege. Right, now that's interesting. Okay, from, from a not neutral point of view, but from um, uh, a, more, a more stable point of view, if I'm allowed to say that, uh, what, was it, <laughs> what was it like for you? What did you think about it? Well, when Johnny told me at first he was starting to talk to Andy, I, I felt really excited because when I first was introduced to the band, um, you know, I just heard all those classic albums the first two albums and so yeah i really started to get excited and i just had my fingers crossed behind my back the whole yeah. time that it would happen i am so happy that they're together again because you are one of the best live bands ever i mean literally ever um and you are you part is, is full-time member Renny full-time yeah, member yeah, 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 yeah. done deal yeah. okay. she, she, she keeps us in check to be fair i think one of the reasons why it's working so well is because she's here and that's a, no no lie she's, that, uh, again it's not like a, a zen master is that like teaching from behind just her presence is enough so. soft power baby yeah come on <laughs> Oh, well, I'm so excited for you. Um, we have new uh, tracks available uh, to listen to. Two new tracks on the album, Razor What. It is the album. Uh, the tour is selling now. It's been selling from 9 a.m. again. The sold out dates already with five additional dates at the beginning of April. Uh, what between now and then? What are you going to do between now and April as a, as a unit? We're figuring it out. I think, um, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get in rehearsal, do some, you know, write some more stuff, you know, hopefully. <laughs> Rennie's in America, Carl's in Sweden, so it's quite hard to get us all in the I same room. Say, why don't we just all go on vacation somewhere <laughs> yeah. and write the songs? That'd be nice. Um, Andy, how do you feel about the next few months? Similar? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I can't wait for that tour. I think, you know, we've had quite, we've been doing quite a lot this last year and I think we'll put out some more music in the new year. Um, uh, I'm going to bugger off and do a quick tour with Katie Tunstall. Johnny's got his band that he's off doing Cal's over in Sweden. Jealous nostril. To, you know, You're doing the snowman. Doing the snowman yep. snow dog, yes, next snow week dog, at the sorry. Theatre Royal Drury Lane. Thanks, Johnny. Superb. All yeah. right. Katie was in, she, t- she talked about that actually a couple uh, of weeks nice. ago. Oh, can we say thanks to Katie oh, yeah. for, for the guitar as well? She gave yeah, me Johnny a guitar the other day. Did Amazing. She? Yeah. So she's thank you, Katie. She's a very nice lady. Yeah. We're super cool. Okay. Um, great to have you back, guys. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. All right, Simon's with us now, Simon Fowler, who is a nailed-on absolute musical genius. He's also a lovely human being. Simon Fowler and Daniel Rachel have come up with One for the Road, the life and lyrics of Simon Fowler and Ocean Gullison. It's a beautiful, beautiful book. It's gorgeous. It's a bu- the kind of book you want to smell and stroke. And then after all that, you can then start to read it. <laughs> there's songs, uh, there's stories, um, there's stories of TFI Friday. Uh, we're in, we just about make it. Uh, there's, there's, as I say, the stories behind the songs are, are amazing. They're fascinating. You have the handwritten lyrics from Simon here. You have this Vernon K slash Frank Spencer slash Roger Daltrey lookalike on the front cover. Simon claims this is him. Is that right, Simon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's who I used to God, be. you were gorgeous. Yeah. I still think you're gorgeous. Thank you very much. That's uh, very, but, very kind. But at least you've been <clears throat> handsome. Some of us have never even been handsome. Um, uh, Vassus remains handsome. He remains very action man-like in the corner. How is it to still be handsome? I don't think I'm handsome, but I do feel a bit like an action man having been you're in the Vassus. Serpentine this morning. Ah, I used to be on Radio 5, used to do the sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's he used right. to do the sport. To you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Alexander. That's it. Yeah, right. Simon's yeah. only just nice met him. Hello. <laughs> and he's already nailed the fact he used to do the sport. Yeah. <laughs> Simon, if you can figure out what he does now, that would be great. Because yes. <laughs> you let me know. <laughs> so, Simon, um, in your book, page 48, the first song, The Circle. Tell us about The Circle, and then we'd love to hear it, please. Yeah, um, I don't know what this to say about it, really. It's one of my favourite songs I wrote, and it's one of those songs that took about as long to write as it does to sing. And those are often the best ones, I think, the ones. And you think, how the hell did I do that? Are they few and far between? Are they like yeah, ships yeah, in the night? Yeah, And uh, How you do it, I don't know. It says so here, know. in your handwritten um, uh, uh, font here, one of my best songs, this was written as a ballad in 93. Steve pointed out the errors of my ways and it became a single, Happy Boys Happy. Simon gave me one of the best quotes ever about life, right? We were sitting in the pub. I think it was. I think it was the Nags Head in Belgravia. I think it was. Can't remember. And we're sitting there. We both. We, we were both drinking um, cooking lager. We used to call it cooking lager, which is session ale, which means you can just three percent something like that, isn't it? We're sitting there. Do you remember what you said to me about about drinking? Why we drink? Do you remember? No. Because I said to you, I said, "Why are we doing this?" You know, because we were enjoying it. But I said, "Why are we doing this, Simon?" We, we were tied on for a good few hours, I reckon. And Simon said to me, "You won't remember this either, because you're so." You're, too profound for your own good sometimes he said look chris the thing is by the age of two we've learned to walk and talk what are we what are we going to do after that <laughs> and it's true and what, what when you when you have a few too many what do you lose the ability to do you lose the ability to walk and talk and so in a way you regain your greatness you have a chance to <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. so it's all about regression is it yeah reverse engineering yeah do you think if you drink enough you can end up back in the womb <laughs> oh yeah well maybe yeah and you're back in the in womb alright <laughs> <laughs> so I do us a favour sing the circle okay you're right off you go <laughs> Thank you. 
Saturday Afternoon Sunshine pours like wine Through your window This is how it feels When the world means nothing at all I know. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best, isn't it? Yeah. Why are you crying? It's beautiful. Cheers, isn't oh it? Cheers. Yeah. So I, uh, you don't know this. I but don't think I've ever made a girl cry before. <laughs> well, you know, plenty of boys cry. This one included. So when you were sound checking, I had to leave because I did the same thing. What, what is it? What is it about that? What is it about in between the lines, in between the lyrics? You know, because everybody's felt like that. It speaks to everyone. Because music is what feelings mm, sound right. like. Mm. Um, I'm stop crying now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Oh, Good. dear me. It's great, isn't it? It's cool, man. Simon and his mates in Ocean Colour Scene played at the pilot on the pilot of TFI Friday. It was an interesting experience, wasn't it, Simon? Mm. <laughs> there are a few wrinkles that <clears throat> needed to be ironed out. Yes, yeah, there was. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember. I remember. I came. I asked you afterwards if you'd be our road manager because yeah. you know how to how to get people to do what you want. Well, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it was interesting, wasn't it? Because um, because you you witnessed me trying to iron out those creases. And yes. You, said, you wouldn't be our manager, would you? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I would have done it if I had time. We thought you were joking at first, actually, yeah. with your crew, but uh, it. Well, that you, you know, yeah. it was a kind of conversation that seemed to work at the time, and. Um, that was a, the memory for me. My my biggest memory, I suppose, uh, with Ocean Colour Scene was when you invited me to go to Glasgow to tea in the park and I watched you from the stage. That was a gig and a half, wasn't it? Do you remember that? No, I don't oh, remember. Mark, I, it I was, remember playing tea in the park was always... It was always great. It was always great for us, Glasgow. It's, it it's sort awesome. of our spiritual home in a strange way. It, it was your your set that day. It was early evening. I, it might be the best I've ever seen, and not that it matters. Comparison is the thief of all joy and things like that. But I just remember thinking this might be because you let me sit at the back of the stage just behind Oscar's drum kit. Um, I remember thinking this might be what it would have been like to sit behind uh, the Stones in period. It was that good. It was that awesome. Do you do you love performing? Is it something that floats your boat? You're very good at it, but do you like it? Yeah, I do. Um, I can't dance as much as I used to. Yeah, you you gave very good tambourine. I remember. Very good, yeah, shaker tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could those bells. I'd I be, could see you. I'd be off. champion on yeah. them bells. Yeah, yeah. 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 Your inner percussive yeah. demons yeah. were coming out, weren't they? Okay, if you're enjoying this, you need to get onto oceancolorscene.com. Uh, to order a copy of this book, One for the Road, The Life and Lyrics of Simon Fowler and Ocean Colour Scene. It's a book that you can stroke. It's a book that you'll put on your nightstand by your bed and you'll just you'll just dip into it. You can dip in or you can dig deep. That's a Danny Baker phrase, by the way. Dip in or dig deep. All the best books in the world are dippable or diggable, you know, depending on what kind of mood you're in. Because <laughs> he, 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 he gave me... Um, uh, I think it was the first edition. It was a special edition of Oscar Wilde, um, which book would it have been? A picture of Dorian Gray, and it, on the on the, you know, when you can write a little message. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, he said, for one of my best friends, uh, dig in, uh, dip in, or dig deep. Enjoy. And then, by the way, if you've never read that book, that's off the chain.
The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.